Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm supposed to take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. Now they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. You know, as a amateur in the podcasting game, I'm always impressed by our guests, people like him today who, when, when there's no stories and you know you can create stories the day before you come on the podcast mm -hmm. and you fabricate it where, as a former CIA agent, Mike Baker comes in a day before leaked <laughs> secret Pentagon documents, wow. lift the lid on U.S. spying on Russia's war in Ukraine. Mike is here to talk about his involvement in this, as well as why he's considering moving from Boise, Idaho to San Francisco. Mike, it's great to have you on the podcast. Man, I'm in. I can't get to San Francisco quick enough. Yeah. 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 You know what? I thought to myself, we got to have something to talk about. Yeah. So I called up my buddies. I said, do you have anything laying around, any documents at all? Mm -hmm. uh, put, them, put them out there, preferably on some place where people play Minecraft. Discord, Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, we're all good. So, yeah, I, I can't claim responsibility for that one though uh it, it, so is that crazy or what i mean it's what yeah it's it's, what? it's 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 both crazy and what uh the question is when you start to pour through the documents yeah it is a legitimate question is this just a disinformation campaign right because when you start to look at the at, at the themes of the documents and who does who does it benefit so while the jury's still out and people mm -hmm. are still assessing the credibility of all of this and whether, in fact, they are authentic documents, you have to leave open the possibility that this was an FSB or a Russian intel operation to put this material out there. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, they replayed it on one of their you know, propaganda channels. And so that, was a, that seemed like it was a fairly orchestrated effort on their part. Not that they wouldn't do it if they saw the advantage, but... It, it, I'm just saying there's a chance of that, right? Let me, let me, re yeah. let me read the story, and we'll just get right into it, man. I this mean, is phenomenal. And, and by the way, I still we got a lot of stories to cover. That's one of them. We got, uh, uh, you know, ex-CIA chief dubs uh, Putin dead man walking. We'll talk about that. CIA future will be defined by U.S. technology race for China, director says. You got Gavin Newsom predicts what will happen if DeSantis takes on Trump. China warns. War with U.S. could break out very well before 2025. Meanwhile, Taiwan warns Chinese misstep could lead to uncontrollable world war. France uh, going around talking shit about America, saying, you know, Europe relies a little too much on U.S. We'll talk about that. A guy yesterday, there are many Joes in America. This is one of, I think he's the seventh most famous Joe in the world. He announced that he may be running for office for 2024 again for re-election. I don't know if you know yeah. about this guy named Joe. We'll talk about him. Clarence Thomas got a little bit of issues going on with these trips that they're talking about billionaires paid for. Um, what else we got? Twitter, Substack feud with Matt Taibbi. Elon Musk being accused of censorship. We'll talk maybe a little bit of economy of what's going on with inflation. Uh, meet open AI CEO Sam Altman. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this doomsday conversation that's coming up. And I'm not sure if you're a Bud Light drinker, Corona, Coors Light. Oh, We're going to learn a little bit more about that. And if we have any time at the end, Maybe we'll give you a shout-out for Dalai Lama's apology oh, for kissing God. a boy. What, a, what yeah. was that all about? So <laughs> What a shit show. <laughs> God, that's fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a Bud Light drinker until I see who's drinking Bud Light now. I'm thinking, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going against the grain. I'm, going, I'm a contrarian, right? Yeah. So, Everybody yeah. is boycotting Bud Light. You know what? Down on yeah. So, yeah. so if, if that's the case, let's just start off with that story. So why don't we do that? So Bud Light... Silent on social media after Dylan Mulvaney's uh, uh, controversy. Uh, another story comes out talking about Bud Light suffers bloodbath as longtime uh, and loyal consumers revolt uh, against transgender campaign. Uh, let me read this story. Bud Light has faced backlash. Uh, 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 the top-selling beer brand in the U.S. has suffered a nationwide backlash from consumers after it hired transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney as its new uh, spokesperson, according to bar owners and beer industry experts around the country, Jeff Fitter, owner of Case and Bucks, a restaurant and sports bar in Barnhart, Missouri, said in Bud Light's effort to be inclusive, they excluded almost everybody else, including their traditional audience. Sales of Anheuser-Busch bottled products have reportedly dropped 30 
percent. Yeah. That is insane over the week. While drought beer plummeted fifty percent, according to bar owners, eighty percent of Bud Light drinkers ordered something else this week at Braintree Brewhouse in Massachusetts, a sprawling sports bar just outside of Boston. One pup in Hell's Kitchen, a New York City neighborhood known for its large and vocal gay community reported that Bud Light draft sales dropped 58% <laughs> in the gay community while Bud Light bottle sales were down 70%. So what, what do you think about this whole thing that's going on with Bud Light? Here's what, my favorite part of this story is, first of all, I don't, I don't give a shit what Dylan uh, Mulvaney does, right? It doesn't matter. I, I, everybody just do your own thing and, and stay out of my wheelhouse. But uh, the best part of the story is I did watch the VP of Marketing uh, for for Bud Light, she came on and she said, "Look, uh, she felt like the brand needed to be more inclusive, and they needed to get away from their frat beer uh, <laughs> image, right? Because those son of a bitches don't drink beer, no." Right? <laughs> and so uh, she said, she quoted, she actually said, "Female representation is a personal passion point of mine, right?" So what does she do? She goes out and gets a, a guy with a penis, you know. <laughs> And says, hey, I want you to promote my beer, right? Well, horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's bizarre, right? But again, I go back to the same thing. I guess at the end of the day, I don't mind pointing out the stupidity of that. Yeah. But I honestly, on the other side of the coin, I don't give a shit what people do. Yeah. We're also, you know, worked up over, mm-hmm. uh, although I will say this, and I asked the other day, I asked someone who's very smart, I said, and I was genuinely confused. I said, is a transgender woman, is that a, a dude who uh, identifies as a woman or is a transgender man, I, I couldn't figure out which is which. Yeah, I think, so. if, I think if it's you're a transgender male, you want to be a female, correct? Like you, you identify as Guys, a female. The fact or that you woman. Nobody, nobody knows. We're this both is. in the same boat. I don't know, but, but going back to it, uh, it that, this is a, a classic case of uh, get well, go broke or whatever the other thing is. And Pat, you were talking about marketing during the Giuliani thing. What a horrible decision. Like, have you ever, ever, like, this is the worst demographic to go over. Have you ever been around a bunch of gay guys? And like, hey, guys, let's just mojitos. And he's like, no, you know what? I'm just going to do a keg stand of a Bud Light. Nobody's, dr- <laughs> no gay, I've never seen a gay guy holding a can of beer. That is such beer. a good point. See, By the way, this is, this is the girl he was talking about. This is the VP of yeah, marketing. You have to it, listen yeah. to what she says. Yeah. Watch this here. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm- I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. Rainbow's and it was... This brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like Mm -hmm. we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic (laughs) brand. Anyone misses that rainbow? No, of course that's that's there was a belief in. Okay, what is what do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. Inclusive. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels oh, lighter. It means selling and lighter. my beer to frat boys. <laughs> to that's what it means. Well, watch what she says. She says mm-hmm. the whole and representation fratty. is it's sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work, and we had this hangover. I mean, Bud yeah. Light had been kind of a brand of fratty. Kind of out of touch humor. That made and you billions. It was really Got important you a job. That we had another approach. So I'm but, a but by the way, if you can pause this, here's yeah. what's crazy. Can you Google the profile of a beer drinker? Yeah. By the way, her her kid, those paintings in the back, horrible. That kid's not going to be. Hey, a hey well, she did those paintings. <laughs> that was one hundred percent her. But yeah. Yeah, when you do the profile of a beer drinker, yeah, you know what you realize? Eighty percent of beer drinker are men. Yeah. Hundred percent. Twenty percent are women. This is kind of like. You know, working for Trojan Condoms, yeah, and you're the VP of marketing, and you say, "Well, we're not targeting six-year-olds. You know, we we have to start targeting all the audiences. We're not being inclusive or targeting we're, women." No, you know, but but the whole the stupidity, <laughs> yeah. the fact that the way she sells it, yeah. how she's thinking, yeah. the whole transgender community. You know, when you go online and you type in what the transgender population is. Do you know how many transgender people live in America? Five of one percent. Well, the number yeah. says one and a half million, right? But what they're saying, one and a half million, as identify as transgender, it's not really one and a half million. Right. It's a lot of Gen Zs that are confused. The question becomes, yeah. how many transgenders in America are over 21 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you know how small of an audience that is? And you're trying to target that mm-hmm. audience 
and you go away from your beer drinkers, and now you lose 30% in a week? $4 billion. She's not, she's not going to be working there. That, much. Like, that decision should cost her... Her job, but you know what would be funny, oh, though? The commercials, Mike, I, yeah. I, I want, like, the hell with the Dylan Mulvaney commercial. I want to see a commercial, like, a bunch of gay, trans, whatever, just drinking a mimosa, and they're like, hey, Timmy, you want one? He's like, bitch, slams it out, and then chugs a beer. That's the commercial mm-hmm. that they're going to have to start making commercials well, for now. I'll, I'll well, yeah, I, I disagree with you. I think sh- she's probably going to get a promotion. Her? Because we're all talking about Bud Light right now. I know the sales are going down, but she... She was put there for a particular reason, right? Mm-hmm. And this is her job. Her right. job is to do this. So she has, she has actually done her whatever they are, K- KPIs or key performance indicators. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what she was put in place to do. That's the, the, the beauty of, I guess, from her position is she probably really isn't being you know, judged based on the increase in sales. She's just got this narrow swim lane that she has to stay in, which yeah. is, are you being inclusive? Are you, are you performing this mandate right. that we brought you in for? And she's probably got some additional tack on there, which is VP marketing and yeah. inclusivity or something yeah. along those yeah. lines. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm so glad we actually played that video from the VP of marketing because is there somebody that we can kind of point a finger to and say, all right, that's the person? Because picture this. We do this all the time. We have meetings. We say, all right, guys, the, what's on the agenda? We have a marketing issue. We got a content issue. We got to figure this thing out. So you sit down in the boardroom, 10 of us, and we say, all right, guys, we have a problem. Bud Light's been declining in sales. How do we increase sales? And then one person says, we got to go trans, bro. Yeah. We got to go right to the trans yeah. market. Yeah. Not getting innovative, your next innovative campaign. Not like, okay, cool, identifying who's actually drinking our product. <clears throat> it's going to the woke, <clears throat> inclusive, ESG, oh. bottom line, oh. which go woke, go broke is a real thing. And then here's another point. You talk about this, this whole concept of being inclusive. When you're being inclusive to the point of just sort of virtue signaling just the point of your being exclusive, you know who you're excluding? Your whole fucking base of people <laughs> yeah. that basically got you to this point. Yep. So it's so ridiculous to me. Like yeah, Mike yeah. said, I don't have a problem with Dylan Mulvey. I don't give two shits. Do your thing, buddy. Yeah. But when you start trying to indoctrinate the rest of us to be like, hey, like, cool. hey think this way. Yeah. Right. Now, this isn't the first time that we've had a hot water. Bud Light's the latest. It, a, a month ago for International Women's Day, it was Hershey's. Hershey's, her, she basically had a transgender woman as the face of Hershey's. A couple a couple years ago, do you remember the Gillette God. commercial? Yeah. How did, how did the, I miss the, the Hershey's yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh, that, that No more chocolate worst. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Hershey's face backlash over putting trans woman on candy bar wrapper. Not a woman. Not a female. Can you go lower uh, so you can see a, it? A chick with a dick is the face <laughs> of Hershey's. You know, start... Oh God, but then, and then... Do you remember a few years ago when uh, Gillette had their commercial, The Best a Man Can Get? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. For years, they built our brand on, like, being man. Like, I don't know if you know this. Most women don't shave their face. You know, they do. (laughs) Stay the hell away from me. But they basically went woke, went broke, and lost billions of dollars by trying to basically curry favor from the Me Too movement feminist agenda. And dudes who shave their face are like... I ain't playing this game, buddy. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, Adam, Adam, as a, as a single guy, yeah. Dylan Mulvaney is not at all your type. No, no, okay. no, no. I just, just, just but, make sure. I'm old school. Yeah, but like, but yeah. clear I'm that like, up. Let's, let's yeah. not forget who started yeah. it. You know who's responsible for all this? The Kardashians. They ruined Bruce. Was like, you know what? It was you. Bruce used to be Bruce Jenner. Mm-hmm. He be, became Caitlyn, and in six months, six months, they named him Woman of the Year. You know what he said though? You know what, what yeah. he said about this yesterday? What? Did you hear what he said? He, she, he, she, he, she. Well, he's Whatever. not supportive of this. Okay, right. He may, he may, he commented yesterday, and saying uh, these are domestic terrorists. She, <laughs> she, she, may, she made comments about it. She's Does like, Caitlin, I'm not. Caitlin yeah, said yeah, this. I'm yeah. not. I'm not doing this. So she's against what's going on today. I did mean, you, did well, you see what uh, that's, Kid Rock did, by the way? You see that video? The shooting? The shooting? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 try to, I try to avoid seeing what Kid Rock does from, <laughs> from day to day. But, but uh, if, before I forget, because I'm getting to that point where if I don't say something right yeah. away, I forget. Uh, a buddy of mine who's a comic, Jimmy Fela, he, he talks about Caitlyn Jenner. And he says, look, we all forget he was the fucking GOAT. 
right? The, he was he was quite he yeah, was an incredible athlete, right? Yep. And so when he did come out, to your point, mm-hmm. yeah, they were all like, "Oh my God, isn't she brave? Yeah. She gets the ESPN award. She gets uh, she's woman on the cover of the year, Vanity Fair, <laughs> yeah. whatever." Yeah. And then as soon as she started talking, Patrick, you, to your point, as soon as Caitlyn Jenner came out and started talking <laughs> conservative, like they the were like, "Fuck fuck, her. Yeah. fuck him! Yeah. Fuck him!" This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. They, they changed it. <laughs> Whatever. Get, get, get him out of here. Get him out but of here but with you know, But you know what that, what, what that means is? That whole concept is it's politics okay, over yeah. America. I agree. Yeah. It's ideology over America. Mm-hmm. And that's what's one of the reasons why we're experiencing what we're experiencing right now. And Pat, well, going off of what Mike said earlier, like the decision that the VP, and I kind of agree that, that Mike, that obviously the internal, they're like, yeah, good for you, like mm-hmm. doing all this. But Pat, as a C CEO, your company gets this backlash and you lose $4 billion of the company's like uh, worth. What do you do as a CEO? What are you doing when but, that happens? But, when the but, v- you, but you have to realize there's two different things. Yeah. This would never happen to a startup yeah, that's yeah. being ran by yeah. a founder. Yeah. Companies are being ruined after a founder started it years ago and is no longer around. Those are the companies that are being ruined because the founder would sit there and say, do you even know what was the reason why we started a company? Do you know who we started it for? Do you know what this product was for? What the hell are you doing? Who approved you doing this anyways? I want to talk to the CMO that approved your campaign. There's no way VP of marketing can get that approved without a CMO signing off on it or a CEO saying this ad is a approved ad to do what you're doing. There's no way that approval process is going to be taken. And if it is, guess what? That tells you there's a lack of <laughs> accountability there. It just costs them a lot of money. But I'll tell you the other part. Here's the other part. <clears throat> Anytime there's a mishap like this, there's opportunities for others. Anytime. You know the whole thing with Made in China? Guess what all these guys started talking about? Our clothes are made in the USA. Our this are made in the USA. Our that are made in the USA. You know how many breweries right now are sitting there Going using this as an advertisement, the most creative one is going to be the one that's going to get market share the next 3, 6, 12, 24 months. Mm-hmm. You're going to see. And for us, when he said she's doing her job, well, what is her job? If her job is to increase, because Anheuser-Busch, if you look at Anna, can you Google Anheuser-Busch's ESG score? They have one of the lowest ESG scores in America, okay? Oh, wow. I think it was like 13.8% or 18 You'll see it when it comes up right now. What's the number? They have a very, very low ESG score. Oh, wow. 19. There you go, 19.6, which is low, right? Lord and Heineken, super low score. Uh, industry rank 18, 18 out of wow. 607, okay? So they're not, they're not at the top of the game. They're doing bad, low. Okay, so what do they need to do? If the goal was to increase the ESG score, Bingo, she won. So yeah. to your point, you're that, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's, she's, she's accomplished whatever it was that was jammed through the boardroom at, at, at Anheuser-Busch. And they, you know, they hired a whole – I'm sure they've got a whole element there, a unit that, that is focused on this. And I think she's, you know, I think she's cemented her position. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, But anyways, it, it, here's, here's one data I just saw. It, 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 Rob, I'm going to send this to you. I want you to take a look at this from Statista. And it's, it's about – you may have seen this a couple months ago. I want to say 
uh, what's his name talked about this. Uh, Bill Maher talked about this, but this actually breaks down the data. Rob, I'm going to send it to your Mac Pro, Book Pro and as well as your phone. So whichever one you get, it pull it up. Take a look at this because so, to me. If I'm sitting in a marketing team and we're trying to get our product to a new audience, a new market, you have to pull up data and you have to look at statistics and say, what market are we not in to get into? Look at this data here from Statista. This is not a political party. This is not a left. This is not Fox. This is not CNN. This is Statista. 72% of U.S. adults identify as LGBT. Just 40 years ago was less than 1%. Wow. Okay. It's not 7.2%. And then if you go by 2014, where it was, okay. Yellow is millennials. Gen Zs didn't exist yet. Or uh, green is uh, Gen, uh, Gen Xs. Then you got boomers and you got uh, seniors, right? Traditionalist. If you go to 2017, millennials go up. 2020, millennials go up. 2022, millennials go up. But look at Gen Z. Right off the bat was 16%. Now 19.7% of Gen Zs identify as LGBT. That's that's one in five, Vinny. That's one in five. That's freaking crazy. So now people yeah. say, no one's grooming. What are you talking about <laughs> what grooming? What do you mean? They're just natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're choosing yeah. on who they want to be. Mm-hmm. This is their choice. No. This statistics tells a story yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. And there's a reason why a lot of parents are worried. Did you see a, a, a third congressman just flipped? From Democratic third. Party. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. it was third rep- three representatives in the last thirty days that flipped from Repu- from Democratic to Republican Party. Two from Louisiana. Okay, well, there's one in Carolina. Yeah, right? one yeah, in Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just said we can't. We're going to the other side. You're going to see a lot more of these happening because there are Democrats that were Kennedy Democrats that are sitting there just saying. I don't know, man. I just can't be going with this anymore. This kind of stuff is starting to become very, very weird right now. Yeah, well, I just want to validate exactly what you're saying with that. I, I remember Bill Maher did that about Can six months ago. Can you show that the North Carolina the person that flipped? So, Okay, they're right there. North Carolina. Yeah, and two more from Louisiana flipped as well. And go back to that statista, if you don't mind. But here's actually something that I think that we, we should remember. I actually just saw this on Fox News. I sent you this story. Something that Gen Z does that no other generation does is watch TikTok. All day. If you don't think that China, who owns ByteDance, or the CCP owns ByteDance, is basically promoting their algorithm to promote this type of information to Gen Z, you'd be foolish and you'd be naive. Here's actually something I saw on Fox News recently where this trans former trans influencer basically saying, hey, I was that guy. I'm that dude. I drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the Kool-Aid or the Bud Light. And I'm full-on blaming uh, TikTok for the rise of this gender ideology because you know the algorithm on TikTok. Basically, it's like once they suck you in, boom, you're going down that rabbit hole. So if you're young, if you're 16, 18, 20, and you're kind of just figuring it out, you don't really have strong feelings or an ideology. It's crazy as that sounds, what you just said. Watch what Biden just did. This is a story from the Washington Examiner. Biden enlists hundreds of social media influencers for upcoming re-election bid. Of course. Joe Biden is enlisting the help of hundreds of social media influencers in his unannounced re-election bid with an emphasis on mobilizing young voters. According to a new report, influencers will be cross-platforms such as TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter will praise Biden's accomplishments and agenda to their followers. The influencers are not getting paid, and there are four <laughs> digital staffers <laughs> devoted yeah, to working with them who are officially employees of the White House. Some of the enlisted influencers include 20-year-old TikTok creator, Harry Sisson, Boston College professor and Twitter users, Heather Cox Richardson, and financial TikToker Vivian Tu. What do you think about this, Ray? Oh, God. You know who doesn't want uh, TikTok to be banned nationally? The Biden administration. Obviously. When you read that story and you think to yourself, okay, are they going to ban TikTok? Uh, probably not, given that we've got the 2024 election coming up. And, you know, I, I give the Democrats credit because they are much better at messaging. They're much better at understanding the dynamics of communicating, right? And the Republicans, you know, they couldn't organize panic in a dube submarine, right? I mean, they, they're really, they, they need to, to pay attention to what the Dems are doing because they, they are effective. You can agree or disagree with how they go about it. And frankly, the other point, and then I'll shut up, is that, is that ByteDance in China? Completely different animal, yeah. Oh, yeah. right? There is no way in hell that 99% of the crap on TikTok would ever make its way onto ByteDance. They 100%. won't allow it, yeah. right? And there's a reason for that is because they look at it and go, this shit's degenerative. Yeah. So anyway, that's... No, my, Mike, no, yeah. I, I agree with you. So, Mike, what do you think, and going off Adam's point, 
What do you think? A obviously Biden them like it because of the reach that it gets to these young people. Mm. But what is what is China? Because I don't trust China at all. I don't give a sh- every time I talk shit, people are like, "Oh, you're racist." No, I'm not racist against the Chinese. I'm I hate the Chinese government how they treat their people. Do you think that China is just trying to make our youth soft, just in case? I'm just going for for yeah. militarily. If you have to attack or whatever, as long as the men are soft. You can take over or like a revolution from yeah, the sure. I think absolutely. They look at they look at this as a as a as a well, essentially a, a cold war on many different fronts, right? Mm-hmm. So they're out there hoovering up economic information, right? They're gathering all. They've been doing that for decades, very aggressively, mm-hmm. and they're busy building up their military. And they're also understanding the impact of technology. And they've been looking at this. I mean, it's the same. You know, it's Russian disinformation, whatever it may be. It's the same thing. The Chinese just have more. The regime has more resources. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I, it drives me crazy when people go, "Well, look at you. You know, aren't you xenophobic?" <laughs> yeah. You know, no. I'm talking. Look, Chinese culture, history, people, amazing. Right? It's an incredible place. The regime sucks. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Xi has cemented himself as president for life. He has he has put his thumb down. Their internal security service is stronger than it's ever been. There's no rule of law, right? And, and it's all thanks to Xi and his, and his cronies. Look, they believe that they are as close as they've ever been to the top step of the, of, of the ladder on the food chain, right? They are, and they are convinced that they're almost there. And they're acting like it. Mm-hmm. One more point. The, uh, you brought up uh, basically what they show on TikTok in the United States, which has already been banned by many government officials, India, I think, has banned it. Some other companies have banned it. It's wildly different of what they show the youth in China. By the way, Vinny, do you know what they show the youth in China on American social media apps like uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat? Do you know what they show in, the youth in, 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 in China? China? Yeah. From our t- no. Yeah, nothing, because that's not allowed <laughs> oh. in their country. <laughs> Zero. Okay, they they don't allow any of the our American owned apps yeah. in their country. Well, they do they do show the Bud Light commercials. Uh, <laughs> so. Oh, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, you know, while you're while you're talking about the story came out yesterday about AI bot Chaos BT Chat Chaos GBT. I don't know if you heard about this or not. Mm-hmm. Tweets out plans to destroy humanity after being tasked. <laughs> now watch this. Pretty wild, right? When you go down. But look what it says. So you're like, okay, this is probably just kind of a bunch of, uh, no, you know, some questions are being left unanswered. And an AI uh, bot was recently given uh, five horrifying tasks to destroy humanity, which led to an attempt to recruit other AI agents, researching nuclear weapons, and sending out ominous tweet about humanity. The bot chaos uh, GBT is an altered version of open AI auto GBT. The publicly available open source application that can process human language can respond to tasks given by users in a YouTube video posted on April 5th. The bot was asked to complete five goals, destroy humanity, establish global dominance, cause chaos and destructions, and again, control humanity through manipulation and attain immorality. Immortality. Immortality. Before setting the goals, the user enabled continuous mode to which a warning appeared telling the user that the commands could run forever or carry out actions you would not usually authorize and should be used at your own risk. And a final message before running, Chaos GBT asked the user if they were sure they wanted to run the commands, to which they replied, why for yes. Pat, yesterday, <laughs> this funny, that's crazy that this story comes out. <laughs> yesterday, I was like, it's happening with all, I was like, hey, Alexa, turn on Spotify. And she's like, you're all going to die. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, turn on Spotify. She's like, nothing. I was like, what would you say? She's like, nothing. I, so I was going to ask you, Mike, are you more scared of our adversaries teaming up, like China and Russia, Saudi Arabia and Iran, or are you more fearful of the AI situation that sl- every single day it's getting crazier yeah, and crazier and these robots are warning us what they're going to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm more worried about AI and how a state not aligned with our own interests and our allies' interests can use it, right? So I'm not worried that somehow uh, China and Russia are going to meld together as, as, you know, some best friend for life. And, and you know, they're always going to kind of come and go based yeah. on what their own personal, you know, or, or nation's best interests are. But the AI thing, I mean, look, we, we had a problem before AI with nobody bothering to do any research, right? They'd re- Whatever they saw on TikTok or on whatever – that I'm all in. Sure, I believe that shit because nobody takes the time to critically think about the information that's thrown at them. And, you know, look, I, I, I don't think I'm not a backer of the idea that we should take some sort of break on researching AI. I think that's the wrong approach because 
in part because the Chinese regime is not going to take a break on on mm. developing technology. But uh, I do think we need to understand exactly how dangerous it's going to be. Yeah. I, I want to ask this question. So, as a as a guy who's in that world, you you were you were an agent for how long? What was the uh, going on? Twenty years. You you were a CIA agent for twenty years, covert operations officer, mm. right? So. Mm. You were a, this was your job. This, this was, was not like a person's using somebody in media to say, hey, we want you to kind of help us out with some information. Right. No, this is what you did for a living, okay? And when you were in, what year to what year were you in? What were the, what were the years you served? Um, I was in, I got out uh, around 2000 or so. So, yeah. so 1980 to 2000, give or take? Yeah. Okay. So during those years, Facebook comes out in 04. Okay, I think MySpace is 03, 02, I don't know the exact year, but it's around the same time. Can you check to see when MySpace came out? So social media wasn't really fully around no. from 1980 to 2000. So during that time, when you guys are working on ops and you're worried about China or Russia or what they're doing, what were some of those threats then that you know they used to you, you know inject their propaganda and their beliefs? We've all seen... What that Russian operative, uh, what's his name, Boris, uh, uh, you, you know, when he says, yep. well, this information and they use this and they use that. What were some of the fears and concerns you have when you saw how they attacked us? Yeah, look, I mean, this has been going on forever. It's a great, a great point that you're, you're raising. The technology has made it easier, right, to influence people, to, to, to get your ideas out there. Um, so if you think about, go all the way back to World War II, right, before uh, Hitler invaded Russia. Um, then they were allies. Right? So what was Russia busy doing? They were busy trying to influence, and, and Germany to some degree as well, trying to influence U.S. public opinion. At the time, it was very sort of uh, isolationist at the point. So the, the Russian agents were here. They were influencing trade unions. They were buying journalists right, to print articles. They were setting up fake associations That's right, that would push it, yeah. isolationism. So it was a... It was a more laborious process in a way. Those things are still done, mm -hmm. right? But the technology has just sped the ability to do that, to influence. So if you're trying to influence the population of a small country <laughs> to overthrow it, to get rid of some despotic dictator, for instance, uh, in the old days, it was a long-term covert action campaign, right? And, and now you've just got so many options, right? <laughs> and people have... I think something else that's happened is, again, this idea that because every generation wants it to be easier for their own kids, right, eventually you get to diminishing returns. And by that, I mean, you know, naturally, my father wanted it to be easier for me. His father, you know, wanted it to be easier for him. I want it to be easier for my kids. Well, eventually you get to this point where it becomes so uh, soft, right, you, you, can, you can have the shit that goes on around us, right? Because we're not worried about going out and finding clean water and collecting food. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, I don't know, maybe that theory is completely off, but that's where I'm, I'm going. So, so. so they would buy, let's just say, journalists that's working at New York Times, or they would buy journalists that work in, yeah. at a major paper. Wow. That was yeah. one of their ways. And then, hey, write this or influence this. And that was their way to getting to the people. Yeah, you would look for, you would, you know, typically it would be a, a, a sort of a broader campaign. You wouldn't say just one, right? I mean, and, and you operate on a lot of different levels. Like, this is nothing new. I'm not, you know, talking how sources they and methods. Sure, this is, Mike, you know, how would they make sure that they wouldn't whistleblow or say anything? Why, how would they make sure the journalists wouldn't come out and say, I just well, got approached by this, and they're paying me this much money. I just want to come out and tell here's what I've been doing. It's the same way you would go out and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, recruit some asset, right? You have, to, you have to ensure that you understand what their motivations are, wow. right? It's the same thing, right? So, you know, that's why you wouldn't go after somebody, you know, who would be a leading journalist of their day, right? Because they've, in, in, in today's world, right, you've got somebody who's got, you know, 10 million followers, you know? Yeah. And, and so you're not going to necessarily do that. You're going to do it in a more subtle way, which is what the technology allows you to do, Great. right? It you. allows you to put it in there in various ways. And people watch something on TikTok, and their, their first thought is not, well, this is probably disinformation, or I wonder if somebody's paying for this campaign. Yeah. It's, would it be easier to be a CIA agent today or during your time? Meaning, mm. the, the tools... The tools are the tools are the tools. They're always going to – the tools are going to evolve and they're going to change and they're going to be here right. and they're going to move on. Is it harder to be an agent today to catch or is it easier to find their fingerprints in different places and kind of work it backwards? Yeah, there's, it's, 
it's, it's easier today in certain ways, right? You're not, you're not uh, walking around in the middle of some you know, shithole uh, trying to figure out where the hell you are using a map and a, and a, and a compass and <laughs> shooting an azimuth, you know I mean? You're just like, <laughs> so you're just like looking at your phone going, oh, we're right here. You know, we're half a yeah. click away from the target. And in, in the old days, you'd be like, I, I don't know where the hell we are. <laughs> it yeah. was, I don't want to make it sound overly simplistic, but there's some truth to that. And Or you're stomping around, you know, someplace looking for a phone that actually works, right? Because you're in some place that's, you know, difficult, a challenging environment. Now you got to figure out where is there a a phone I can actually, wow. I, this is actually pay phone, pay phone. Yeah. yeah. Remember those days. And so, but, um, in, in other ways it hasn't really changed because in other ways, the, 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 the key to intelligence, uh, whether you're talking about us intelligence community, or you're talking about the Brits or anyone out there or our adversaries, the key is the human source, right? I mean, the, the technology has improved in terms of your collection of, technical information right you know we got satellites up there floating around right i mean there's china has this uh, you know program trying to capture all the data off our satellites you know we talk about is you know is space going to become weaponized it already is <laughs> i'll right? just even say that and so <laughs> but at the at the core of intelligence is the human right and and that really hasn't changed that much right identifying who's got access to something who's possibly motivated to talk to you and why you know that's probably never going to change what would the profile of people that could be uh, uh, a bot like and what i mean by that is when you want to get somebody that uh, uh is giving us intel and is becoming a spy for us mm. and you're getting somebody from russia that's giving us feedback of what they're doing what profile would you look at to see this guy could be a good asset for us? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would argue that in places like China or places like Russia, it's, it, it can be easier because you've got more opportunity, right? They're living in a in a in a you know, it's you've got more avenues of attack, right? In a place like the U.S., where you know, you still have you still have your traders. Unfortunately, people like James Nicholson and Edley Hansen and, and or uh, sorry uh, Hansen and Edley Howard and and uh, right. Aldrich Ames and all these guys. So you still have people like that. But it is a little bit easier, I think, to target people who are living under the thumb of a of a regime because um, you can point out the obvious, you know, to some degree. But typically, ideology and you know, and there's been a lot written about all of this and and the techniques for recruitment. So I'm not again, this is not sources and methods, but uh, you know, typically ideology is not the the driver, right? It's something else. It's something more personal. It's maybe it's something as base as money. Maybe it's they don't feel like they got enough hugs, right? A lot of times they feel disrespected, right? And you're saying ideology is not the number one motivator. Yeah, of, typically of, of, to not become an asset. Yeah, you, feel, you, you when you when you think about the 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 biggest cats. I mean, and, and that's although that's you know some of the, the the best Russian sources we've had over the years. Again, not nothing new. This stuff stuff's been out there. Is uh, you know they have been based on ideology, but for the most part, it's something else. Their kid is sick and they need access to to healthcare or something, whatever it may be. And it could be very pedestrian as a reason, but you have to look for those things. And and again, I guess the point being, going back to the original point is is the, the technology helps to speed things along sometimes. Mm -hmm. But underlying that, you know, you still, you need somebody, you can collect all the information, you know, remotely and through intercepts that you, you want, but you need somebody standing in that tent who can then tell you what everybody looked like when they made this decision, right? Or what were they actually thinking? Yeah, because, Mike, I was, in the, I was yeah. in the United States Air Force at a nuclear missile base. What was my first, uh, my first assignment? And to get my clearance, I'll never forget, I go home, uh, and I'm at the mall in my town, and my fifth grade, mind you, I'm 19 at this point, my fifth grade math teacher, Mr. Bonaparte, he, big, buff, he was a football player, black guy, he was like, oh, Shauna. I'm like, hey, Mr. Bonaparte, we have a moment. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, the, somebody in the government called me, I'm not even joking, and they asked me if I thought that you, as a child, would grow up to do anything to, like, sabotage or do something against the country and i'm like what he's like yeah he's like good luck whatever the hell you're doing he's like, <laughs> he's yeah. like get i'm not i can't make this up and i was like whoa that's it's just part of the vetting process for the well, air force well, that's, make sure that's normal though so yeah it's that's normal, normal. But, but mike yeah. going, going to my point you're talking about technology yeah. so like when you have like 
it, it's easier. I, I, I'm guessing for their like digital profile, like a Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, that must have been the CIA and the government's just like, oh my God, people have been fighting to keep this information. Now you're just giving it because it's cool yeah. to do. That helps. Yeah. Right? Well, it does. Oh, I mean, look. You know, I run a company that, that, you know, a private sector business that does intelligence and investigations and due diligence. And the amount of information that's available out there on the average citizen, not not just here in the U.S., but around the world for the most part, uh, is astonishing compared to 20 years ago, you know, 30 years ago for, for sure. But uh, it's, it, you know, it's again, it's that uniquely American mindset, which is it's the government I got to worry about. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the private business or the private sector that's been hoovering up all this information that you've been gleefully, happily giving them. Let me tell you I, something, Mike. Yeah. A generation ago, you could literally have a family in the next town over, and your family would not know. Okay, <laughs> now if you look at another girl's story on Instagram, yeah. your sleuth CIA <laughs> girlfriend will find you. In less than 24 hours. Are you That's spe- the sign of the times. Sounds like I, you're speaking from experience. I'm 100%, 100%. not <laughs> speaking from experience. I love you, baby. Yeah. No, but it's it, it's so true that, that technology has sped up everything in our lives for good and for bad. Yeah. And I might just really fast, not to go up. So a lot of people get uh, confused when it comes to agent, CIA agent, which you were, to assets. And my question is when it comes to like an asset, is there an expiration date on that person? Like let's say you use them on a mission. Are they just on standby for future or is it kind of like no, good luck, goodbye? Yeah, it, terminology always, always, always uh, trips people up. You're right. Um, it's not so much agent. Um, you know, it's officer. Got you. Don't know why. Got you. Um, asset, you're right, is the 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 target, Got the you. individual. Uh, agent is typically law enforcement uh, for the most part. Um, and there is a difference. Yeah, there's a difference between law enforcement recruitment of of assets or sources yep. and intel community, right? And this is kind of goes across the board. It's not just. I don't think it's from my experience. It's not just in the U.S. Is that you know, you tend to, from an intel perspective, you tend to look at assets for long term right? because you never know where they're going to end up, right? Mm-hmm. Law enforcement, for good reason, sometimes it's a, you know, it's a project-specific or a case-specific, you know, recruitment or development of a source, and then, boom, you're gone, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you, or, you, or you need to burn the source because you're moving towards, you know, the courts. Mm-hmm. So there's, there is a big difference there. Um, but, you know, human... Nature being what it is, I don't know that motivations have changed that much, right? I think attention spans have shortened, yeah. but I don't think motivations have changed that much for, for people. Uh, Mike, are you following this Restrict Act? Mm. Have you heard the story about what the Restrict Act, Act is? Boy, you know, I'd like to say I have been because that would make me sound smarter. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't have a clue what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so this is this is something that a lot That's exactly of what a CIA agent would say. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, been right, studying Adam. Restrict Act for months. Oh, fine. You've just All been right. outed, Mike. Well, and so is your family <laughs> next uh, town over. Yeah. <laughs> you heard about that? Yeah. Mom, yeah. Yeah. So the restri- <laughs> so it's Restrict Act. It's kind of like the Patriot Rob, Act. Rob, go down. It's a new Patriot Act. It's the new oh, Patriot up, Act. Let me read the top, Rob, if you can. Just write okay. the Restrict yeah. Act establishes a risk-based process tailored to rapidly changing technology and threat environment by directing the Department of Commerce to identify and mitigate foreign threats to information and communications technology products and services. Now, the key word there says foreign threats. Very soon they're going to add an additional word called Domestic threats, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. where you're in uh, uh, America, you're creating content on YouTube. According to Restrict Act, we got to shut you down because your content is this. You're doing what you're doing on, you know, Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. So, you, you know, th- th- we talked about this with Giuliani to see what his thoughts were. Because mm-hmm. for me, I asked him a question. I said, as much as the RICO acted good and you were able to catch all the bad guys, that kind of also set the tone for us to come up with the Patriot Act and the next act and the next act, which means more and more and more yeah. of Big Brother or somebody, you know, watching over what we're doing. Why should this be something people should be concerned about? Well, because, look, with the exception, I mean, realizing where I came from, but so there is, a, I think, a, a need for uh, secrecy on certain things, sources and methods, and there's a reason why there's a need to know to some degree, but there's also a very important reason why you need as much transparency in government as possible, right? Um, and so I, part of that is how curious are the people that you send to Washington to represent you? Are they asking the right questions? You know, are they, or is it basically just a self-interested frat party? Uh, or actually, well, that's sexist of me to say that, isn't it? Um, but they would have Bud Light, though. That's they, would have, they would have Bud Light, exactly. It's going to be all right. 
<laughs> that joke is never going to fail. Never going to get always, old. It's always, always good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think that there's, you know, half the time. Look, there's a there as it, I, again. I'll speak to what I know, which is the uh, the agency. There's a well worn path between uh, agency headquarters and uh, Capitol Hill in Washington D.C. Of briefers going back and forth and back and forth and talking to the, the Senate Intel Committees and, and and congressional Intel Committees and and explaining to them what's going on, and then there's this game that gets played in Washington where when something breaks and it looks like you know the the, the Intel community was engaged in something that people didn't know about or oversight didn't know about, it's horse shit. Of course they knew about it, right? They just, but there's a game that gets played where they can go out in front of the cameras and express angst and, and anger over, oh, I can't believe this is going on. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to start an investigation. Of course, no investigation ever results in anything in Washington, D.C. But it's an important point, which is you need to have that communication. You need to have uh, your intel community, your law enforcement, on the, particularly on a federal level, talking to your representatives and them asking questions and trying to ensure that mm-hmm. you know there is, to the degree that it's a possible, transparency. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to transition to Pentagon stories. The only reason I'm asking is I thought you would know more about the Restrict Act because th- this, this is, a for a lot of content creators, amongst content creators, a lot of people are talking about this mm. because, you know, it, it, when, when you get to move the goalpost and you can kind of create guidelines to target whoever you want during any season just because something was according to allegedly and all these guys nowadays that are getting allegedly and their lives are being ruined by allegedly instead of actually being convicted or charged. Mm-hmm. It's a very weird, yeah. fickle time we're living in. So some people are sitting there saying, listen, man. All these new acts are coming up. We saw what happened last time you came up with this, and it backfired on a lot of different people. Mm. Here's a guy, Giuliani, who his license has been suspended. He's, he, he doesn't have a way of making money right now as a lawyer. Just because allegedly he was part of something, he hasn't lost it yet. He's not been disbarred, but his license is not there for him to practice. Yeah. It, it's, it's important to just protect those people who are doing podcasts and shows and they're giving their opinions and they're giving their thoughts versus saying this is one of the reasons why I love what Rumble is doing. Mm. We're not a, uh, 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 we don't, I don't even know if we put our shows on Rumble regularly or not. We're not one that promotes Rumble or any of that. But the reason why I love what Musk did, I love what Spotify did, I love what Rumble did. What Musk did with Twitter scared the crap out of everybody because they were always united together with Jack Dorsey and all of them. Mm. The moment they lost Twitter with Musk, they all had to check themselves. The moment Musk brought Twitter back on, Facebook and all those guys brought Trump back on, right? So Spotify, the moment Spotify didn't silence uh, Joe Rogan, they realized, oh, shit, there's another place they can go take their podcast with. So we could take a loss, even though all those guys start saying, I'm going to take my songs off. I'm never going to sell here. Okay, no problem. (laughs) Spotify said, yeah, we don't care. We're going to be fine. Yeah, Joe Baez. Oh, my God, Joe Baez is leaving Spotify. That's right. That's right. (laughs) What the hell am I going to listen to? And even Rumble. You know what Rumble is doing right now? Rumble is kind of getting YouTube to realize there's a second option. So if you choose to really constantly do this, Mm. the Patriot that concern becomes if they target the guys that are on those platforms. How can we now control people on Twitter, even though it's owned by Elon Musk? How can we control people on uh, uh, Rumble? This is one of the reasons why some people are concerned about Restrict Act. Quick point. Uh, Don't feel bad because this is very new. I think it came out Mm. less than a month ago when the TikTok CEO testified in front of Congress. Mm. And essentially the concern with this Restrict Act is, is that they're using... You know, banning TikTok as a Trojan horse to say we gotta, you know, yep. we gotta get this out of here. But then it's gonna be a slippery slope to like next thing you know, Instagram is banned or YouTube is banned, and it, it's just more government control. And you know, our friend Reagan once said the most terrifying words that you ever hear is "I'm from the government and I'm here <laughs> to help." help. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest concern about this. And then I, I know we're gonna switch gears here, but also speaking of government control. The whole central bank digital currencies, the CBDCs things, that's another concern to coincide with this restrictive. Yeah. Rob, can I read this? Can, can you zoom in a little bit more to read this? I mean, you're going to have to work with me here because I can't. So, so yeah. So, as I'm going right, you got to go do that with me. Okay. Uh, so this is what restricting the emergence of security reserves of information and communications technology act or to restrict that. Okay, fine. Let's see what it says. So this was March 7th, a month ago. This bill requires federal actions to identify and mitigate. We just read this. Foreign threats to information communication technology, ICT, products and services 
Penalties for violations under the bill. I wonder what that is. Specifically, the Department of Commerce must identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, prohibit, investigate, and mitigate transactions involving ICT products and services in which any foreign adversary, such as China, okay, they're starting it off with China, but that'll change in a minute, has any interest in that pose an undue or unacceptable risk to the U.S. national security or safety of U.S. persons. Additionally, commerce must identify and refer to the president any covered holdings that poses an undue or unacceptable risk to U.S. national security or the security of safety of U.S. Uh, uh, Keep going, keep going. Keep going. Persons, if the president determines that the holding possesses such a risk, the president may compel uh, divestment. Okay, so this specifically sounds like it is a TikTok type of a thing they're targeting, right? It doesn't sound like it's a U.S. company they're targeting. But everything starts off like Second Amendment. A lot of guys that are worried about any kind of slight regulation because then they're going to say, oh, now we got this. Oh, now let's get this. Oh, now let's get that. Oh, now let's pad it. Oh, now let's amend this. Oh, now let's amend that. So, anyways, it starts like this, and it gets a little bit more into your business. Well, I think it. I mean, you know, look, it's 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 sort of a sidebar to Cepheus and some of the other, you know, uh, regulations that are out there about you know what companies can come into the U.S. and and purchase. Um, so I, I, I there's a, but you're right in the sense that the government does tend to throw a big net out there on any issue on any concern, right and then with the assumption that, well, at some point, maybe we'll tidy it up and we'll, we'll restrict the parameters. We'll get it a little bit more specific. But right now, we're going to throw that net out there and see what happens. So I think there's – so you're right to, to be concerned about the sliding uh, nature of U.S. government actions, and which is, again, why uh, you know, transparency is, is you know, probably the best way mm-hmm. because once you get this information out there, once people understand, and nobody – you know <laughs> I'm a good case in point – to your point, I don't feel bad not knowing about it if it's a month old. Honestly, if it was a year old, I probably still wouldn't. Know about it. So, <laughs> and, so and, you know, well, I got as a big TikToker yourself. Oh, you my would God. for sure know all this stuff. I am one, doing dances one last all the point. Time. You, you know, the whole foreign adversaries yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So you brought up Rumble. Well, Rumble we know was I think formed in Canada. Yeah. So that should be a concern because where do they label well, foreign they, they adversaries? They moved their headquarters to Sarasota, though. I think he's in Sarasota now, which is a good. But it's a Toronto-based company. I know it is. Say. It still is. So it's so again. Yeah. I, I, to me, <laughs> Rumble is necessary for the marketplace. Okay. Spotify is necessary for the marketplace. Okay. Twitter is necessary for the marketplace because it minimizes bullying. You can't bully when there's alternative options. Bud Light doing what they did. There's no other, there's so many different other beer companies that the market's like, yeah, you know what? No problem. Let's find out. Maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. It may be the transgender, if it takes your stock to the next level, sales goes up 60%, we'll sit there and say, yeah. salute, good for you. I don't know where you found a market, but congratulations. But if the market drops 30% like it did last week and they're going to Coors, now watch if Coors says, well, we also have to follow our ESG score and Coors does something stupid like this and they go grab somebody else, then they're also following the camp. Someone has to come out. Who was the guy that did the commercial? Was it Jeep? There was a commercial like 10 years ago or five years ago where the commercial was about, here's why America's great. And it was a voice like that. Yeah. The reason why America's great because we build things. We're builders. Yeah. And you're listening to this. You're like, I am a builder. <laughs> this is what we do. And you're like, damn, I love Jeep. Yeah. You know, man, it relates, talks to me. I, don't, I think it was yeah. something commercial that was, was so. I just hit a guy, but I keep going. Yeah, it was a very, <laughs> yeah. very much yeah. of a pro-American.